Hey, aloha. It is Super Bowl weekend, and we are back with a extra special edition of Coffee with the Coach. I'm going to tell you something. We got something for you tonight that has never been done, and we, uh, we think it is the future of what's happening in podcasts. We always said that we we're going to be the most fan interactive podcast going, and that's really the case. Tonight, it is the Lockdown Knockdown. Yep, that's what we're calling it, the, the Lockdown Knockdown, brought to you by Hickory's Barbecue. For the best southern barbecue in the United Kingdom, you got to go to Hickory's. Get with the Hickory Super Bowl box or the NFL Wing beer box for the game tomorrow. I think you can still get them. Go to that website right there, and, man, this is some great barbecue, and I know you will enjoy it. It is as we say in Hawaii, broke them out. All right. So let's get to it. Uh, I'd like to bring on a couple guys. We have Brad, who represents the Kansas City Chiefs fans around the UK, Arrowheads Abroad. He is the Brit. If you like, if you want to follow him on Twitter, it's at Brit Chief UK. And we have for the Bucks, Kieran from Bucks UK, and that's at Bucks UK. They're going to talk on behalf of their teams, their fan bases, and we're going to go into the game. So let's bring those guys in. Can we, Michael? Hi, welcome. Jeff. Welcome, man. It's great to have you with us. It's almost game time. Are you feeling it? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm a bit more relaxed this time. <laughs> oh, now, I, just, I understand. Brad, you had a, you had like a, crazy trip last year when it, when they were in the Super Bowl correct oh yeah it's uh, I mean if if anybody follows me on social media you've heard it all a million times but uh yeah we we uh there's a group of us from Arrowheads abroad actually flew out to Miami and uh, we didn't have a ticket or anything we just flew out uh, just to soak up the Super Bowl atmosphere because obviously the Chiefs had been hadn't been there for so long and uh two of us ended up winning tickets uh which was a mind-blowing experience unreal Hey, now, just kind of sit back in your chair. So let's get a little bit of that Kelsey jersey you got working there. Oh, this one. Yeah. And you got the Kelsey haircut. And now you got it tomorrow. Tomorrow, you bet, for good luck, you better shave into a goatee to go 100% Travis <laughs> Kelsey tomorrow. Yeah. 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 I, believe it or not, I actually spoke to him. I actually um, uh, interviewed him um, on the podiums just recently. I think it was only a couple of days ago. Um, so, yeah, I've. I've uh, I've got my, uh, my Kelsey on this time. Uh, he's going to be the guy this time, for sure. That's awesome. All right, Kieran. Now, before we get started, I wanted to tell you, I want to ask you about your background now. How long have you been with Bucks UK, and, and you know, how did you become a Bucks fan? <clears throat> so, Bucks UK has been going since 1984. We're the oldest running fan club in the UK for the NFL. Um, I only predate to, uh, to, to 1989. <laughs> I know I don't look it. Um, I did what everyone else did. I went to Disney, and while we were there, we headed down to Bush Gardens, and I thought, well, why don't we see a bit of sport while we're here? And I saw a preseason game. It was against the Finns, and I said I'd support the winner, and it's the only game they'd won for about a decade. <laughs> okay, now, I, I am known, well-known, as a Raider fan and a Leeds United fan, right? And a couple reasons why I love those two clubs is – you know, 30 leads and the Raiders, you, you know, you can understand that one. But I also think they have the best uniforms going. Only topped, only topped by the original 
creamsicle Tampa Bay uniforms. And I tell you what, if they would break those out tomorrow, I guarantee you that's a 10-point swing in their advantage. I guarantee you. Well, you know, unfortunately, because of the helmet rule, they couldn't bring the throwbacks back because you had to keep the same lid throughout the year. But do you know what? We, we, we're, we're all about the pewter now. The, the pewter third uniform, is, the fans love it. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Those creamsicle uniforms back in the day, right, were, were really, really special. All right. Now, so, so the fans understand what we're doing here. This is, uh, we call it the uh, uh, lockdown knockdown. And it's a chance for you guys as the leaders and representatives of two of the really most passionate fan bases out there to talk about the game. I mean, we break it down. NFL Network breaks it down. Everybody breaks it down. But it's really what's important is what the fans say. And what you guys represent are two great fan bases. And we also want to use this as a way that if you're a Chiefs fan and you're listening, Brad, that you can say, hey, man, we always can use an extra member. Same thing with you, Kieran. So we're going to start the show with uh it's it, we're going to take it on a little perry mason theme you guys probably don't even know who that is but that was a legendary uh i guess a court show back in the day in the united states and perry mason was this great uh great lawyer so we're going to have opening arguments on the case of who will be the super bowl champion tomorrow uh i, I guess it would be uh about this time tampa time probably so we're going to start with you, Brett. You have two minutes. You're on the clock. Now let me hear what Chiefs Nation has to say. Why we're going to win this Super Bowl. Um, the Chiefs have obviously been the, uh, the the kind of Cinderella story for the what the past fifty years. We finally got that uh, that 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 ring on our finger, and man, we've got the taste for more. We want more, and uh, we've got the the greatest quarterback in the league at the moment as well in Patrick Mahomes. We've also got probably the best tight end in the game at the moment as well in Travis Kelsey. We've got Tyreek Hill. We've got the need for speed in there. We've got the Legion of Zoom. We've got everything is piled on for this Chiefs team as to be one of the greats of the game. It's going to be this, this team. If you're not part of it now, you need to be. You really need to be part of this team because... This is going to be one of those dynasty teams. I know we keep, we said it after one ring, but we're here again, back to back. If we win this time, the show's going to go on. And that's what we believe in uh, in our heads abroad. We've been, like I said, we've been the uh, the, the whipping boys for quite a long year, a long time, a uh, number of years. And uh, like I said, we've got a whiff of success there and we just want to, we just want it to continue. So, Get on board with this team. Get on board with the Chiefs. We have the best fan base in the world. We have the loudest stadium in the NFL as well, and that's actually a Guinness record. So, uh, yeah, the fan base is fantastic. If you ever go to Arrowhead to go and see a game, you will never go go without beer, food, or friendship. That's that's what you get. And then once you leave that, I guarantee you, you'll have tears when you get on the plane flying back home because that's exactly what I had when I came back from there in 2017. Um, the tears I had on the plane on the way back because I felt I was leaving family members behind. So uh, get on board with this team and just, like I said, just just really just ride with it. If you've, if you've been a Chiefs fan for a lot of years, you understand it. You, you just get this team 100%. Um, and like I said, we've got some of the, the best stars in the, in the game so far. You know, we like I said, we've already mentioned the, the offensive side, but the defensive side, we've got the honey badger. We've got a we've got a honey badger. We've got a shark in Frank Clark. We've got Chris Jones. 
we've got all of these amazing stars on both sides of the ball. You cannot take your eyes off this team for one second. They are just amazing. Um, all right, all right. There's your two minutes. All right, we see you. You got two minutes. You can't go over your time now. All right. So now I'm going to throw it to Kieran. Kieran, you got two minutes to talk about your Bucks opening arguments about why you think the Bucks will be Super Bowl champs. Objection, Your Honor. This is this is destiny. <laughs> this is you know this is the first team to play in the Super Bowl at home. And, you know, the, yeah, the league are doing everything they can to make it not a home game. Those cannons won't be firing during the game, but they will be firing after the final whistle goes. This this is destiny. This is <clears throat> this is the GOAT. You know, Mahomes, he's all right. He's the kid. This is the GOAT. This is the greatest player of all time. You know, he's got more rings than he's got fingers. This is crazy. You know, and, you know, this is no preseason. This is a new offensive coordinator. This is a new playbook. And the, and this has been a record-breaking year. The Bucks have never scored as many points. They've never scored as many points kicking. We've got a kicker that can kick now, no matter which end zone and which game. This is fantastic. This this D, it swarms, it tackles. It can go to sleep in coverage, but it won't do to, tomorrow. And it's going to play tight, and it's going to be amazing. And, you know, in the middle of the season, when the Bucks were still struggling to get some momentum, the score when we played the Chiefs was 27-24. You know, if one one play not to Hill, and actually the Bucks win that game, and, and they weren't in full stride. This is the most talented team the Bucks have ever had. But more than individuals, they've come together and they've gelled. The leadership from Brady, the confidence from the coaches, the diversity of the coaches that relate to the players. This is this is just a machine that is humming and revving, and it's going to ride over Raymond James tomorrow. All right, fellas, that's our opening arguments tonight. So get in on uh, Twitter. Join us tonight. Let us know where you're calling from or at, where you're coming in from as we go through the game now, the work to the game. I want to start where it really all begins, and a lot of people say this is where the game will be won, and that's in the offensive lines. And we'll start now with Tampa Bay. You got Donovan Smith at left tackle, Ali Marpet at left guard, Ryan Jensen, who is a absolute beast at center, Aaron Stinney, who stepped in real well last week, and in the young first-round draft choice out of the University of Iowa, Tristan Wirfs. Go ahead, Kieran. Sell me this defensive line. Well, I, I remember back the, to the good old days of the London Monarchs when we had the nasty boys as the offensive line. And you've said with Ryan Jensen, these guys are nasty. Now, you know, Aaron Stenny's had some big shoes to fill. He's come in partway through the season. But Tristan Wirfs, he's been, he's been protecting Brady all year long. He's a rookie. He's gone up against some classic names. You know, and how that guy has not made, you know, rookie of the year conversations or the Pro Bowl. You know, this guy, these guys are playing with a chip on their shoulder because they feel under-respected. I think it's fair to say they're better in the pass blocking than they are in the run blocking, but the, the team's shown a commitment to the run, and they've had the ability to do that because those lat liners made gaps when it needed to. All right. Now you have one minute. <clears throat> Excuse me, Chiefs, and you're on the clock. We're talking about left tackle Mike Remmers, who stand, who's stepping in for Eric Fisher, former first-round draft choice, Nick Allegretti, Austin Ryder, Steve Wisniewski, and Andrew Wiley stepping in at right tackle. So – you gotta, you gotta convince me now how you are gonna block with two backup offensive tackles in this game, Brad. You got a minute. Well, so, all I can say, go on. All I can say is that uh, this, this, this Chiefs all line has already done it already in the in the Super Bowl anyway. I know that uh, some of them hadn't been playing, but we've got some, we've got some good depth in there. You know, Remmers is a, 
he's he's got, he's kind of like the Swiss Army knife in that offensive line. You know, we can put plug him in anywhere and he'll do a good job. Um, you know, Wright is another one. Uh, Wisniewski, he, he we got him back again um, because he helped with the Super Bowl run last year. I'm I'm confident. I'm fine with this all line. I, I don't find it a problem. And plus, you know, if if the uh, the books pass rush does manage to get past that that decent line, let's say, um, we, you know, we've got one of the uh, the all time great quarterbacks who can uh, can just yeah, he can just change it on a whim, can't he? You know, if the if the play breaks down, he's got his legs to be mobile. He can get out of the pocket, no problem. Um, he can make something out of nothing. And uh, I, like I said. I'm not particularly bothered about this all line. I know a lot of people talking about it um, as though it's going to be a bit of a weakness. In fact, I hope the books are really concentrating on that all line so they forget about the coverage. All right. Kieran, you're up. Let's talk about the Bucks offensive line. I think I've just done that. Okay. All right. Sorry. My bad. <laughs> uh, before we go on, all right, I want the fans to weigh in. And if you like the Bucks line, Hit us with a Bucks comment on Twitter. If you like the Chiefs line, hit us with a Chiefs comment on Twitter. All right, moving on now. Let's go to the tight end position because we got some great tight ends in the game. And we'll start now because we started with the uh, Bucks on the offensive line. We'll start with the Chiefs. Brad, I want you to talk about, you know, what your man Travis Kelsey is going to mean in this game. And then back up. Nick Kaiser, who nobody ever talks about, but has a distinctive role in the Chiefs' offense. Yeah, um, you know, there's a lot of talk about Travis Kelsey. He's not, you know, he's not one of the one of he's well, he's not better than Kittle because he can't block. But I mean, that's that's ridiculous because I see him all the time blocking. But um, Kelsey's strong point is obviously his receiving threat, and uh, he's he's broken so many ankles this time this year. Um, he's he's one of those veteran players that. Uh, Mahomes always looks to, and when you've got the likes of uh, you know Sammy Watkins and and, and Tyreek Hill taking a lot of the uh, the concentration of, of opposing defenses, you know it opens up the field for Kelsey so so well. I mean we saw it against the Bills. You know the, Kelsey got a touchdown and nobody around him from the Bills. You know he finds areas that nobody else can. He uh, he, he he manages to just turn on a dime and just find ways to get open. And he has that telekinetic thing with Mahomes as well, where Mahomes will throw the pass to him before even Kelsey's turned his head and, and Kelsey will, will make sure he's, he's caught it. So, you know, he's one of the greats. He's had a, a, a record-breaking season, one of the most outstanding tight ends that, you know, Kansas City's had. And, you know, we've had, like, you know, Tony Gonzalez, you know, one of the greats as well, you know, Hall of Famer. And uh, Kelsey's up there. He's definitely up there as one of the best. All right. Now, Brad, you got to be careful because we might dock your points if you go over a minute again. All right. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, again, now, Kieran, on your side of the football, you've got a couple of weapons. All right. So let's talk about the tight end depth and what their role is going to be in this game. Well, I mean, Brad's right. He talked about this sort of telepathic connection that quarterbacks and tight ends can have together. And that's your safety valve. And if you want a telepathic connection, Gronk and Brady, they've been doing it since, you know, junior high. They're on the same page. You know, they're going to fight. And if, and, if, and if Gronk's busy, it means he's staying into block. It's not because he's being covered. He's deceptively fast. He looks like he's galloping down like a gazelle. But actually, he's, he's got some speed on him and he can get the edge. But you're right. If, if he's covered, then Cameron Brake, Cam Brake, the clever man, he, he, he 
grabs the ball. He's not quick, but he's wily. He just gets open. And um, and don't rule out Tanner Hudson either. When we're coming in that jumbo package with three tight end set, Tanner Hudson is someone that's uh, not to be underestimated either. All right. Now, fans, it's time for you to vote on who has the best tight end group in the game. Kieran's Bucks or Brad's Chiefs. Hit us on Twitter. And again, Mike, Mike, Magic Mike is back there with his with his calculator, and he is he is dabbing up uh, the the point totals. All right, let's go to running backs. Uh, really, an interesting one here: the running back situation for Kansas City. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire probably going to be the feature back in this game. Uh, Daryl Williams obviously is going to have a role. I don't know who they're. We'll see tomorrow who they dress, but I know that those two guys are going to play a significant role for Kansas City. Brad, sell me on those two young running backs. Well, I mean, uh, you know, the Chiefs seem to find a way of getting a good running back and, uh, and you know, they come literally from out of nowhere, you know. Um, we've got, obviously, uh, Darrell Williams, who had a strong game against the uh, the Bills. Um, you know, we've got Le'Veon Bell as well, which, uh, you know, he's, he, yeah, he's, he's kind of waiting in the wings ready for the big game. And this might be one of those big games for him where, you know, uh, he's nobody's really talked about him much, but he could be one of those, uh, you know, like a feature back that, that we use, you know, I don't know, near the near the goal line, maybe something. Um, we've also got Clyde Edwards Alaire. We all saw what he could do at the beginning of the season, obviously before he got injured. Um, but you know, we've got these players that that um they they are quick but also quite big lads as well, you know. Um we've also got a little tiny one as well in Darwin Thompson. I don't know if he'll actually be suiting up, but um, you know, he's he had flashes in the uh, the game against the Chargers, which um, you know, he looked he looked very good and We've just got a good stable of quarterbacks. They, they might not be, you know, the big stars or, you know, what's, what everyone's talking about all the time, but we've got a good collective group there that we can actually mix and match. And we've also got the sausage as well in there. And <laughs> all right, Kieran, sell me on those Tampa Bay backs, especially playoff Lenny and Ronald Jones. Playoff Lenny and Rojo. <clears throat> we've been screaming, go Rojo throughout the playoffs that season. So remember, yeah, Rojo's the starter nominally. He's taken it 98 yards in it on a play before. He's got the legs and he touched. He gets underestimated. Again, there's not a lot of respect for our, our running backs because that's not what the offense is about at the moment. It's about running to keep the, the defense honest. But, you know, Rojo, Leonard Fournette, playoff Lenny, and Deshaun McCoy. You know, this is fantasy football. Any of these players will be starting anywhere else. But that's the stable of backs we've got. Coach Arians will ride the hot hand and, you know, and they'll pound it out. The, the important thing for this game, the big key, is that every time we do that, we need to be getting three yards. There's been too many times during the year where we've only gone for two, and that makes it a problem on, you know, longer down situations. All right, let's talk receivers, all right? For for the Bucks, you've got Mike Evans, you've got Antonio Brown. I believe he's going to play, uh, you know, again, awesome player in uh, Chris Godwin, uh, you know, we talk about Mike Evans, a bunch of Scotty Miller who exploded last week. Uh, again, talk about why your receivers in Tampa Bay are better than the Legion of Zoom. So again, this is this is fantasy football territory, and again, all year long, the, yeah, we've just come to the peak now because Mike Evans has been bashed up. Um, you know, Chris Godwin's had his hands taped together. Uh, Scotty Miller had a strain as well, but you know, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. 
you know, and and the Gronk, you can't cover them all. You can't you can't double anyone because someone else is going to be open. And you you didn't mention Tyler Johnson. Um, he's he's had some really good spots where he's come in and the catch he made um, earlier in the playoffs. You know, it, it was like sort of go go gadget arms. It didn't look like a human being could have made that catch. The one against so, New Orleans. Yeah, absolutely, that's right. That, the the depth's amazing. You know, but I think Scotty Miller. Anyone that's watched the last two games has been talking about Scotty Miller. But I think you know, for me, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. They are bread and butter. They're speedy. They're wily. They're veterans. They know what they're doing, and they will they will beat you. You know what? Before we did the Bucks uh, against the Packers game, you know, I telestrated the the Bucks deep ball thing, and I and I singled out the last one. It was Scotty Miller, and I said, "Do not sleep on Scotty Miller." And it's too bad Kevin King didn't watch our show pregame, or it might have <laughs> saved him a lot of embarrassment on national TV. All right, let's switch over to the other side. They are fast. In fact. Real fast. They're called the Legion of Zoom. Yeah, Legion of Zoom. Uh, speaks for itself, really. Uh, Tyreek Hill, one of the fastest in the game, probably the fastest in the game. Never heard of this other guy that you keep mentioning, Scotty Miller or someone. Um, never heard of him before until recently, really. You'll um, find out tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> we've uh, we've obviously got uh, Sammy Watkins, you know, another top class first round talent as well, who you know his route running is is second to none really. Um, when he's available, he's you know he's the guy that uh, that really helps out this offense, and it sounds like he might be available for this game. Um, we've also got Nicole Hardman, who's nearly as fast as as Tyreek Hill. Um, we've got uh, Demarcus Robinson, who is just. He's the he's the kind of king of uh, kind of making things up. Let's say when he's going, <laughs> if he if if the play breaks down, Mahomes is always looking for Demarcus Robinson to uh, to make that play. That you know to, just to get him out of trouble. So you know we've got we've got all that speed. We've got a cannon of an arm. So that's the only cannon that'll be firing at this stadium. Uh, so yeah, the uh, I mean, how do you how do you 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 even go up against all that speed? from all areas of this field. All right, well, let's find out because we're going to now talk about the secondary, right? And you're talking about a secondary in Tampa Bay that has played really well in the playoffs. As a matter of fact, probably one of the bigger reasons why Tampa Bay is in this game. Rookie Antoine Winfield is a playmaker. Carlton Davis struggled last time these two teams played. But uh, Jordan Whitehead, I think his shoulder's back and he'll play in this game. Sean Murphy bunting has been a revelation in the playoffs. And then we'll talk about Ross Cockrell as the nickelback because he'll be in the game a whole bunch. Go ahead, Kieran. Sell me on this bunch of DBs. So I'm not going to be a homer with you. This is the one area where we're possibly a bit shaky. This, these guys are all individually supremely talented. And you can't talk about the secondary without focusing on the middle linebackers, David and White, because the way the coverage works, that's the underneath help that allows them to, to do what they do. But they're ball hawks, and they're going to take risks. And so long as we don't play the stupid prevent defense we go to in the third quarter, so long as we stick to that man-to-man and get the pressure, they will go, you know, like for like, they will match up really, really well. But you're right, they've been blowing hot and cold throughout the year. But it's when the playoffs come, that's when it matters. And then the, you know, the curve's going up. All right, now, go ahead, fans. Tell us who you like. Make, us, make sure you give us the story. We got this bunch of DBs in Kansas City that have really strapped up a lot of good receivers in this league. Shavarius Ward, Brashad Breland, rookie Legereus Sneed out of Louisiana Tech has had a tremendous playoffs. Tyran Matthew, the Honey Badger. Daniel Sorensen, who's kind of a hybrid linebacker DB. And again, Rashad Fenton, who comes in in nickel and dime situations. Brad, talk about your secondary. 
Yeah, it's probably one of the best in the game at the minute, I think. Um, it's it's clearly led by Tyron Matthew and, uh, you know, they mix it up so much. They make it really difficult, for, obviously, for opposing offences. Um, but, you know, you mentioned before, Legeria Sneed has had one heck of a great season so far. Um, and it's not just because of his secondary work. It, it's it's really kind of, uh, he gets dialed up a lot in the uh, in the blitz. Um, so he can actually get to the quarterback because he he's actually got four three speed. Um, he's definitely the guy to watch, I think, in this in this in this game because um, you know with a with a slow aging quarterback in, in Tom Brady, you know it's it's going to be difficult to get away from these fast kids. But uh, I mean, yeah, it's one of those um, one of those secondaries that you know it it doesn't give up a lot. And uh, you know it, once they're on it, and when you've got the Badger back there doing his championship swagger. It's it's game over for the other team. All right, let's talk to front seven. For Tampa, you've got Devin White. You've got uh, a really, really good player in Levante David, Jason Pierre-Paul, Ndamukong Sue, Vita Vea, and, again, Shaq Barrett coming off the other edge. Sell me some defensive line front seven play. I mean, this is fantasy football again, isn't it? You've got a linebacking called JPP, Shaq, Levante, and Devon. You know, it doesn't get any better than that. And only one made the playoffs. These guys have got a chip on their shoulder. They're going to be fast. They're going to be keen. JPP and Shaq, if we can get the, the, the Chiefs into those down and distance that are long where they can pin their ears back, they are going to be coming. And the important thing is that, obviously, as you mentioned earlier, Brad, just spot on, is that you know, Mahomes is mobile. So they need Shaq and JPP. They're going to have to play contain as well. We can't let him escape that pocket when it breaks down and it will break down because you've got Ndamukong Sue and Vita Vea steamrolling up the middle. Vita Vea broke his leg this year and he's still playing. You know, you will not stop him. Injury will not stop him. You know, it's just, it's, it's going to be amazing. This is going to be such right. a great game. Let's talk about the Chiefs. Frank, the Shark, Clark coming off the edge and maybe one of the most underrated and I think elite inside pass rushers in the game, Chris Jones. You got a, a, lot, a really a no-name linebacker core in Kansas City. Is this a weakness in Kansas City? Linebackers, we 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 obviously look at the the linebackers uh, quite a bit in, the, in in KC because yeah, it has been one of those uh, kind of mix and match uh, kind of um, areas that we we still need to improve on a bit. But I mean, the, you know, you've got that D line. You know, like you said, you've got um, you know Chris Jones, Frank Clark. Um, they're the ones that really kind of uh, bring bring the pain, um, but you know you've got you've got uh, some great players like in in Passanio. Um He's really kind of thrived under Spagnolo's scheme. Um, you know we've got uh, trying to think who else we've got. I mean, obviously Anthony Hitchens is is one of those that's been a bit more of a stalwart kind of player for us uh, ever since coming over from the Cowboys. But um, I'm not. Ben, yeah, I mean this this the, the Chiefs have struggled a little bit. On getting the sacks this year, um, and you know there has been some fans getting on the back of uh, Frank Clark saying he's not getting enough sacks. But when you look at his pressure stats, he's really getting there. Um, and and to have both of those, you know, both Jones and Frank Clark, um, they really turn up for the playoffs as well. And we saw it last year. Um, you know, Frank Clark suddenly starts opening his mouth a lot more and getting more of a that that championship swagger that I mentioned earlier from Tyron Matthew. But, um, you know, they, they get dialed in. They believe it. They believe they're the best in the world and uh, they're going to bring it as best as they can. All right. Now, fellas, we've gone through the teams. I'm going to give you a one-word description or one-word sell, right? Because we could be here all night. But I want one word to describe your quarterback. And, Kieran, we'll start with you with Tom Brady. 
One well, word. I said no. at the beginning, I'm not going to say coach. One word. Destiny. All right. Destiny Brady. Brad. Showtime. Showtime Mahomes. All right. That's it. Let's Mike get us some questions for these guys and then we'll talk. We'll talk to the fans. What do you got coming at us here, Michael? I have to come Ooh. in here, man. Just really quickly, because I know I know next gonna come in, in a minute. Um there's so many box comments, lads, like ridiculous amounts of box comments. Uh will, will Brady be back? yeah, there you go. I'll that's more yeah, than four hundred members talking to you. Uh, will Brady be back for for next year for ring eight? That's what's coming to you, Kieran. I really hope so. The, the, the fear wasn't it was if he rings if he wins this year he might disappear off into the sunset. But he's already committed to next year because Gronk is gonna be there too. And so, oh. you know, we're looking for the repeat. Man, I tell you what, Bucks UK is on fire here. All right, who shows up in the first three series wins tomorrow as a Dallas fan? I personally like to see KC win. That's from Fred Fred Flunk. So you got a little cowboy KC connection going. Give me one more KC. All right, for Brad and Kieran, both of you have interesting backdrops there. What's your best merch? Ah, uh, probably that one up there. Oh, that one. All right, Kieran, what you got? Patrick Mahomes. It's all great. We've got beanies, we've got flags, we've got t-shirts. Join up and go and help yourself. Sell, sell, sell. Sell them all now, quick. Hey, look at all the Bucks noise coming into this, this thing. I think the fans have spoken, Mike. I think it's the Bucks. Oh. Just before just before we bring Nick in, though, uh, th these two boys have got their score predictions. So, Brad. All right, so let's, let's see their score predictions. Well, Magic, here's, here's, here's Brad's. And Brad said it's an hour show overnight, and I still can't believe he's sticking to this. But uh, I'm sticking to that. 41 to 9. <laughs> and uh finally really quickly uh here we go kieran says oh, 48 man i'll tell you what, we're talking about blowouts here well blowout. that, that was the score when the box won super bowl 37 so i'm, I'm keeping with the tradition Fellas, I, I gotta tell you for you and all the fan bases and all your fans and Everybody that's participated, this has been an awesome deal. I love it. I love it. I love it when the fans get involved. We're going to take a little break, and then we'll be right back, and we are going to talk to ex-Denver Bronco Pro Bowler uh, and San Francisco 49er secondary coach Nick Ferguson here on Coffee with the Coach. Fellas, thank you so much. Thanks, thank you man. very much. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Mike, let's take a little pause here for Hickory's because – if you aren't going to go and watch the game, all right, and again, we know that the pubs are closed, the restaurants are closed, everything's closed, except your kitchen is open. Now, this is heat and eat. All you got to do is unwrap it, unpack it, heat the oven, stick it in the oven, and you're going to have some of the best southern barbecue. And I'm going to make this statement, the best southern barbecue in the United Kingdom. Check it out at Hickory Smokehouse. Go to Hickory's at Home dot co dot uk and get your grind on as we say back in hawaii with real southern barbecue from hickory's all right man so we're just waiting the neck now i think he's going to be in the second jeff he was in it but he might come back now in the second just but uh yeah that was pretty cool wasn't it for, for those two guys yeah I, i'm gonna tell you something we, those guys know ball those guys know football i think that's really what's so amazing about this is like i, I was talking to adrian clem last night after the show and he said man coach those guys know football. And I said, what, what do you think we do over here? So, uh, you know, it's been a, it was, it was really awesome. Really, really awesome. I thought those guys really had it down. And you know, in Brad's case, he could have talked for, we'd still be going and he'd still be on the offensive line. But, uh, 
I think that's also the Hickory's comments here as well. So yeah. one, one person said Goddard Hickory's coming tomorrow. Another person said deliver to Edinburgh. Yeah, they do. They do. Graham Lee, uh, good for you. Order it, man. You will not regret it. Gaz T72 got his Hickory's on. Who else we got in there? I saw a lineage. There's loads yeah, of people. Ianich 23 said Bucks UK go strong. He's got Hickory's in his in his future tomorrow. A leads Bucks said yes, go Bucks. All right. You can look at this, man. A leads Bucks says Via Vea is the best nose tackle in the league. F A C T exclamation point fact. Gotta love my Polynesian players. Gotta love those guys. They play. That's they're just born to be nose tackles. I mean, it's just the way it is. <laughs> There's Has a lot our, of. Uh, I, I can't believe I read the comments. So yeah, um, Nick was here, but I think he he might be coming back now. I'll just, I'll just double check. But if you want to shout out even by tomorrow night, I'll just text him back here now, man. If that's all right. Or if you want, we can take a quick break. If you want to text him and get him on. Well, no, go ahead. You you text him and get him on. I'm going to talk a little football. Um, you know, uh, there was something that went on today. It was really, uh, or actually went on Thursday. It's really a sad, sad deal. Uh, Britt uh, Reed, Andy Reed, one of Andy Reed's sons, uh, was in an automobile accident and apparently been involved with some alcohol. And two children were sent to the hospital, one with apparently life-threatening injuries. I don't know what the extent of the story is. I do know that... Uh, he is not with the team. He is not traveling to to Kansas City. Andy is going to—I mean, excuse me—Tampa Bay. Andy is going to uh, fly to Tampa Bay, and he is going to coach the game. And the reason I, I think, obviously, that my number one concern and most most uh, my heart is really heavy for the family that was involved in the crash and the, and the two young children. Um, but Andy Reid has not been without uh, struggles in his life with his sons. Uh, he had another son who. Um, they both had some issues when they were in Philadelphia. When he came to Kansas City, uh, the Chiefs brought him on as a, a young strength coach and you know, you know, trying to help him get, get through some hurdles in his life, some demons in his life. And uh, actually, it was in, in training camp, I believe, he uh, took his life. So uh, it's, been a, it's been a tough thing. And, you know, sometimes we look at the NFL and we look at people and you say, well, you know, he's got guys getting paid millions of dollars and he's, you know, famous and you know da, da 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 and you think that those people are somehow exempt from um somehow they're exempt from problems or exempt from the things that the rest of us all face in our life day to day but they're not they're human beings just like we are and uh you know life sometimes can be really cruel and throw you a tough tough situation so obviously our like i said our, our prayers are out to the those small children who were hurt in the uh, in the accident, and certainly are they're out to Britt Reed that he can get his, you know, get his life in order and and, uh, and travel down a little better path uh, going forward. So that's uh, that's just I want to address that and not leave it as a the elephant in the room. All right, now um, it, we have twenty five minutes for this, and I'm going to tell you something. This is going to be the funnest, some one of the funnest 25 minutes you're going to spend in a long time. I want to introduce you to a friend of mine um, that is really a unique and special guy. Um, and and he knows that uh, I don't, uh, I'm not blowing smoke when I say that. He is one of the rare, rare guys I've met in my life. And, uh, you know, I love him like he's a brother. Um, he is a guy that played for me at three different places. Um, he has an incredible story of perseverance and toughness and talent. Um, I, I'll tell you just quickly a little bit of it. I grew up in Overtown in Miami, uh, played high school football down there, was real small at the time, and 
I found out later from his cousin, who I coached in the, in NFL Europe, that the, he, he was a defensive back. And when the defensive back coach was trying to get guys to the safety to come downhill on the in route, he put Nick out, out there about 10 yards and say, run across the field. <laughs> he was like a target for the, for the other guys. And they would knock the crap out of him. And he'd get up and do it again and get up and do it again. And I guess that probably served as a, as a lesson for what was about to come in his life. He goes to a school called Morris Brown in Atlanta that doesn't doesn't even have football anymore. Um, and then walked on at Georgia Tech, played at Georgia Tech, went to the NFL, went to Cincinnati, got cut, went to Canadian League, Saskatchewan. I traded to get him. I cut him the next year. <laughs> and then I then I brought him back. And I, I'll tell you, that's a story unto itself. Uh, then I brought him back and uh, – <clears throat> We were in a in a draft meeting in NFL Europe, and uh, the Chicago Bears called. I can't hear. <clears throat> so obviously I'm a mute, obviously, man, but uh, that's the second time in two nights that's happened and it never happened before for Jeff. So hopefully he'll be back in a couple of seconds. But first off, thank you for your patience and coming in. Obviously we had Bucks UK, we had Brett Chief as well on the show. Do you mind chatting to me for a second? I can see Jeff has just left and he'll be back in just a minute. But, man, we talked last night and it was awesome just to chat to you overnight. And I, I, I know you were on our breakfast show this morning. Uh, long time, Nick, since our last chat, man. Yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, it's uh, it's hard to believe, Nick, we're sitting here 24 hours out from uh, the big one, the big one. Uh, are you excited for this game? Obviously, you now currently work in the Denver media market. So, I mean, it's a sort of game where it's it's Brady or Mahomes. So, it's, it's, it's one of those things, isn't it? It is uh, very unusual that we find ourselves in this time, but uh, this is the culmination of the 2020 season. Uh, every team had to fight through the, the COVID uh, injured players. We didn't even know if we would have football. So to even get to this point where we have one of the biggest games, we have Tom Brady versus Patrick Mahomes. I'm just happy that we've actually gotten to this point, but the game will be really exciting tomorrow. History will be made either way if it's Tom Brady getting his seventh, you know, victory or if it's Patrick Mahomes winning his second Super Bowl in a row, doing something that uh, most quarterbacks, it's taken them a long time to do or they've never been in a situation. So it's history making either way. You're, uh, Nick, you're going to be relieved to hear that you're not going to have to talk to me again because Jeff's back. Uh, we <laughs> we already talked last night, so here he is, all good. Jeff, I, come on, seriously, man, you're killing me high with this. With, see with this electric bill. It's, hey, I'm going to tell you something. It's not my. It's not. I'm not paying the electric bill. I promise you. That. I'm, <laughs> I'm staying at a hotel, and I'm going to tell you something. They got the worst internet connection in the history of mankind. I mean, it's better in Hawaii, and that's bad. All right, but anyway, let me tell you, let me go. So the Bears can't find anybody they call us back they sign him and they they bring him to camp after the nfl europe season 98 i think it was cut him comes back the next year we grandfather him back in the league and the bills sign him take him to training camp and they cut him. and then he gets on the practice roster he 
I call him and say, Nick, I'm really proud of you. Cause again, I know you're going to find this hard to believe, but I really like this guy. So I said, <laughs> I said, Nick, I'm really proud of you. And what is it? What does the guy say? He's, he, he says, I'm never getting cut again. And I'm like, Nick, you're on the practice roster. You could be cut like 15 minutes from right now. He goes, no, you don't understand. You're not listening to me. <laughs> Which is what he's, t- he's told me that a bunch of times, but he said, you're not listening to me. I go to every meeting. I, if they want a receiver, I play receiver. If they want a DB, I play DB. I go to all the special teams. I'm never getting cut again. The Jets sign him. He goes to the Jets. <laughs> he practices so hard. He tears up. <laughs> he He's going to tell the story later. But he tears up about four or five guys. Herman Edwards calls me and says, tell your, tell your boy. That's what he called him. He says, tell your boy he better watch it in practice because I'm going to cut him if he hurts another receiver in practice. Then he goes to Denver as a free agent, has a great career in Denver, and finishes with the Texans uh, and is now, believe it uh, believe it or not, he is the most listened to talk show host in Denver, <laughs> Colorado. So I want to bring you to the tribe, Nick Ferguson. How you doing, my man? I, I'm doing well. Uh, you left out a part because uh, I not only injured players with the Jets, it carried over because once I came – and came here to join the Broncos, there was about uh, four players that ended up on the injured list because of yours truly. Well, we used, we used, to, we used to call him Friendly Fire because he was he, – he, 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 the one thing I can guarantee you about Nick, one I, – I, like when, when people ask me about him, they said, I don't – they said, can he make our team? I said, I don't know if he can make your team. I don't coach your team, but I know this. He's gonna he's gonna make it hard on you to cut him because you're gonna love his effort. You're gonna love his what kind of guy he is. But I'm gonna tell you something: the receivers are gonna be pissed at him every day in practice because yeah. he practices every day like he's getting ready to go play in that game tomorrow called the Super Bowl. So hey, I want to talk Broncos because you have such a unique perspective, and we got a lot of Bronco fans in the UK. There's a play that we got to start at the at you know let's there's no reason not talking about it. Right. right. And I know you have strong feelings about it as a, as an ex Bronco and a guy who goes to every game and is at training camp and the whole thing. Let's talk about the quarterback situation in Denver. Well, well, where, where do you want to start? Uh, first and foremost, we, we don't have a starting quarterback. We do have a backup quarterback, Andrew Locke. And this is something that we definitely struggle with here uh, with a lot of uh, Broncos fans here. We call them, you know, Drew Locke apologists because when we watch the tape and you know this as 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 a guy that coached the game you know the tape never lies so when we turn on the tape and we see drew lock not able to scan the entire field and we look at what pat Shermer has done for him stealing a page out of uh rich gangarello's book was okay well we know he's a right arm quarterback so we're going to predetermine a lot of his throws to the right side of the field and it, it is so hilarious that i i don't know how the opposing defensive coordinators have not figured this thing out because he only looks one one side. Now, most people would argue that he is seeing the entire field if you look at the next-gen stats because there are some throws to the left-hand side. But those throws are coordinated throws. If you go and chart the Broncos all season long, third and 15, the majority of the time, I'll say 80% of the time, the ball is going to go to the left-hand side. But other than that, it's going to the right-hand side. And, and you know this, 
Uh, and when we look at things from a defensive standpoint, we always talk about tips and overthrows. Got to get those. But when we look at interceptions, not every interception is created equal. Now, if there's a tip of overthrow, then that means the wide receiver dropped a couple of balls. Tom Brady has experienced that with Godwin and Evans. But with Drew Locke, he's throwing it straight in the chest of defenders. And that's the problem. So the Broncos need to go out and find another quarterback, no Matthew Stafford. So now the question is, who's next on deck? Well, that, that, that's where I wanted to go with this, right? Because you're right. Matthew Stafford's off the books, right? right. Jared Goff's off the books. And it sounds like if it hasn't happened already, that Carson Wentz is off the books to Chicago, which, again, probably means that you one of those two guys is going to come out of there, at least one of them, maybe both of them, right? But you look at that young tight end in Noah Fant. you got – Really, really talented young wide receivers. Cortland Sutton, I think, has the ability to be a star in the league. You know, you, you look, they, they, they've done better with their offensive line. I think it's still a work in progress. Right. They've, got, they've got running backs in that stable. The quarterback thing, Nick, for them, to, for them to catch the Chiefs or even catch the Raiders, and you're talking about the Chargers you know will be better, they, who's out there? I mean, who's out there that they, have, that they can have access to, you think? Well, right now, you have a lot of talk here in Denver about Deshaun Watson. And we talked about it on our show, and my co-host, Cecil Lammy, said that, well, John Elway has done it before with, with Peyton Manning. All he has to do is walk in with his gold jacket, flash his Super Bowl rings, and it's a done deal. I said, well, not so fast, because that gets you an interview with Deshaun Watson. But you have to deal with the Texans. And right now, it's all about what they want. If Matthew Stafford was traded to the Rams for essentially three first-rounders, and obviously I'm including, you know, Jared Goff in that and, and a third-round pick, and he is Matthew Stafford, what do you think is going to cost you to get a guy like Deshaun Watson? So the next question after that is, say, if the Broncos want to go all in on Deshaun Watson, you have to give up a lot of draft capital. So that means that the Broncos and their new GM, George Payton, He's going to have to work the free agent wire to make this team a competitive team. If not, you're only duplicating the same thing that Deshaun is experiencing with the Houston Texans. Great quarterback play, bad defense. All right. Now, let's 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 talk about that because I, I'm I'm with you to a point, right? Okay. I'm with you to a point because I agree. Watson is a transcendent talent in the National Football League, in the top three or four quarterbacks in the league, in my opinion. He's been playing behind a bad offensive line with not much around him and in, in a place that's got all kinds of issues, right? Right. Do I think that the Texans will give him up? I don't think so because I, I agree with you, Nick. Who, what are they going to do? The, do, the, do the Broncos have enough without taking Sutton or taking, you know, one of their young guys and giving, giving them up, right? Right. One of the running – they're going to have to give up too much – to get him, and then what you know, you start talking about free agency. He's going to come with a hefty price tag, you know, and that cap that cap space is precious as you try and build a football team. I'm not sure that they are in a position, Denver, to be able to make that make that happen. No, they're 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 not. But you know, it's great to hope and wish that something like that falls into your lap. Now, there are other quarterbacks that are out there. Jameis Winston. Now. Sean Payton has already said, well, he's waiting on a decision from Drew Brees. So if Brees retires, Winston is off the table. So now that leaves a guy like Jacoby Brissett. 
But looking at Jacoby Brissett's skill set, he doesn't match what today's quarterbacks are in the NFL. And he's not going to make you that much better. Now, your best option is now you start to look at Ryan Fitzpatrick, Andy Dalton. Their Dak Prescott is out there. But now you have to now battle with Jerry Jones. And now you have to throw a lot of cash at Dak Prescott right now. I like the Dak Prescott thing, but will the Broncos, once again, with the salary cap going to be down this season, how much money do you want to give over to a guy like Dak Prescott? But there's always options. And it's a guy that's out there who I said the Broncos should have taken last year, and that's Cam Newton. Right now, you don't have to pay Cam Newton a boatload of cash. You get a quality player, someone for Drew Locke to learn behind. But the only issue is that is Pat Shermer. Pat Sherman hasn't run a type of system that fits that of Cam Newton. So the only answer is, if you can't pull off this Deshaun Watson trade, now you look at Ryan Fitzpatrick, but he said himself that he's willing to go to New England. So where does that leave you? That leaves you with that number nine pick in the draft. Do you go up and try to take a quarterback, or do you try to move back and kind of kind of collect picks and roll with Drew Locke? So right. there's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, there is a lot. And there's a lot of stuff. And you know this extremely well for having played in the league. There's a lot of stuff that goes on when you start talking about moving first round quarterbacks. There are people that's that there are a lot of people in that building that like Drew Locke. And they're, and they're not going to want to say because you move him. What are you saying? You made a mistake. Well, we made a mistake. And, well, and, we already and the Broncos point. and the Broncos have made so many mistakes at quarterback that they got to get this right or that that organization is not going to be what I know you want it to be, what you experienced as a Bronco player. Well, well Jeff, I mean, let's be realistic. The guy that you're talking about is John Elwood. Let's just say his name. Let's just get it out there, right? So it's kind of crazy, and we have this debate all the time, and some Broncos fans don't like me because I tell the truth, but it is what it is. When you are a Hall of Fame quarterback, you think that you should be able to draft and evaluate your position but John Elway has not been successful, so much so that he just received a demotion promotion in order to kind of move away from the business side of football because he hasn't really been that perfect. So, so right now, this is a problem. But like I said, there's always options. Now, if, if you want a Trevor Lawrence who's going to have shoulder surgery and he's not going to be ready to training camp, you can go in that direction. There is Zach Wilson from BYU, but I'm not a strong believer in Zach Wilson because he hasn't really faced a lot of top-tier competition. So your next guy is Justin Fields. I trust Justin Fields more than I trust Zach Wilson. But the guy that I'm hoping that the Broncos actually go out and get, and he fits today's NFL, that's Ian Book from Notre Dame, right? I know you I know you watched the Senior Bowl. You've had a lot of good things to say about Ian Book. Well, yeah, I like Ian Book. Look, look Ian Book is your type of player. He's tough as nails. He's smart, right? And what I've seen from his skill set, it fits that of Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray. You want a quarterback that can see the entire field, that he can make every throw. And then when the pocket starts to break down because he understands pass rush and pass rush lanes, he knows how to escape. This is a perfect guy. And guess what? You don't have to give up a lot to get to get him. He should be there in the second He'd be round. there. He, yeah, he'll be there yes. for sure, for sure. Hey, uh, Mike, if you've got questions there for Nick, I know the Broncos, there were Bronco fans that asked about uh, – being able to talk to Nick tonight. All right. 
this is uh, if George Patton wants to make a bang, let's go for Watson. That's that's again, we got Bronco fan from uh, the Emerald Isle out there. Uh, Graham Reed, number nine, says, what about Jameis Winston for Denver? Nick's already talked about that. He He's a and I won't put words in his mouth, but he is a Jameis Winston fan. Uh, anybody else? Here we go again. Good to hear from you, Nick. Again, that's from Graham Reed. You got fans over here, Nick. I can't believe it. They probably still remember you from the, from, <laughs> from the NFL Europe days. Um, it says, Nick, what do you think of Jerry Judy in, two, in 2020? What did you think of Jerry Judy again? Well, Jerry Judy is a very talented receiver. Uh, he had maybe three drops at the beginning of the season. And then everyone was saying, well, he has a case of the drops. His hands are insecure. You can't really believe in him. And then he showed you the type of receiver that he is. Now, once we move to the Chargers game, there were a couple of throws in there that Judy should have caught. And as a coach, you know, you would say the same thing. But here's the problem with Jerry Judy, and he let it out when the Broncos faced Kansas City for the second time when he said on Twitter he's out there during wind sprints. And it's absolutely true. Anytime that, that Jerry Judy ends up on the backside of any route, he's not getting the ball because, once again, his quarterback can't see the entire field. So in order for Judy to put up Justin Jefferson type of numbers, he needs a better guy under center. And right now, the Broncos don't have that. And like I said earlier, Drew Locke, in my opinion, he's not a starter. He's a backup. Okay. And, and Michael, again, come at me with questions here. Uh, again, this is from Fred Flunk, also from Ireland. You weren't always a Raiders fan, Jeff? No, I wasn't. I was a Lions fan. I was a Lions fan once upon a time when I was – And I, hey, hey, I admit, I admit it. And let me tell you something why. Because when I was about seven or eight, I think, I saw my first NFL game, and, and I asked my dad, I said, how can I, get auto, how can I get autographs from the players? I was like every other little kid, right? Yeah. And he, he said, well, you know, write the teams and see – and so, you know, like I got a pencil about it this big, and I'm writing like little, <laughs> little kids, right? And I sent and I sent about, I don't know, maybe probably 10 or 15 letters to handwritten letters to NFL teams. And the Lions sent me back uh, like this big envelope of stuff. And it had stickers wow. and, you know, autographed pictures and media guide and all that kind of stuff. So I was a Lions fan until I was about 11. And then I figured out it was going to be a long, long, time. Time. Long, long, time. long, hard road as a Lions fan. And then I became a Raider fan. So, hey. Got to talk to you about tomorrow. Um, obviously, um, you know, Kansas City with the Legion of Zoom is extra special. We got another group of wide receivers on the other side of the field, you know, that is very, very, very good. I don't know if they're Kansas City's in Kansas City's stratosphere, but I think they're really, really good. Two great quarterbacks, uh, two defenses that get after you but you know we'll also give up some big plays how do you see this one tomorrow Nick? well you know i'm a defensive person so i'm always going to go with the team that has the best a better defensive pass rush and right now it is the tampa bay buccaneers i, I know we talk about chris jones and frank clark and to me that's only two guys the way that spagnola generates more pressure he brings down a hunter honey badger and maybe he blitz him off the edge or he blitz him between the two A-gaps. This is where the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensively can take advantage of because you have two good tight ends in Cameron Brait and Rob Gronkowski. We've yet to see that Tom Brady-Rob Gronkowski combination now kind of really show up. So this could be the game that, that happens. But when you look at 
the defensive side of the ball. And like you said, both secondaries have given up, you know, big plays in the passing game from time to time. But I, I go back to the fact of pressure, the pressure that what that I've seen put on, you know, a guy like Patrick Mahomes when they play in the Super Bowl last year against the 49ers. Now you don't have your starting tackles, your right or left tackles. You're playing with backup guys. So now if I'm JPP or Shaq Barrett, I'm trying to get a beat on a snap count, right? And we already know that Patrick Mahomes has already had one concussion. So if you can get him on the ground physically and get him out of the game and bring Chad Henney in, that changes the complexity of the game. But I want to go with pressure every single time because pressure and back-end coverage, they're, they're mar uh, a marriage made, made in heaven. And I see Todd Bowles kind of getting that together finally for this big game. This is interesting, Nick, because I went back and I studied the tape, broke it down as if I was, you know, coaching the game. And it was was really fascinating to watch the last time they played 14, the first 14 snaps of the game that Brady took from the shotgun. They blitzed him eight times with five or more. Right. And they right. continued it into the second half. The two interceptions he threw, both were when he was getting pressured and got hit. He's not going to hold the ball and let you let you sack him. He's going to, you know, he'll throw one up for you. Uh, I think that's what concerns me about Brady's play right now. You're starting to see the INT game coming out, right? He threw three right. against Green Bay, didn't play very well in the second half against Green Bay. The other thing that I think is unique is there were eight explosive plays by the Bucks in that game. Four of them, half of them, were not by wide receivers. They were two by Gronkowski and two by Ronald Jones. So I think those guys, because you got to get Sorensen in coverage, in my opinion. Yeah. Because if you can get him in coverage, you can win the game. And I think that Spags tries to hide him by blitzing him, but they got to find a way to get get him isolated against one of those tight ends. Well, yeah, they, they definitely have to do that, and that's why Cameron Brait and Rob Dinkowski are going to come up big. Remember the last time, you know, the I think it was the AFC Championship game where Mahomes faced off against Tom Brady, and he was with the Patriots at that time. How did they beat Kansas City? They kept they kept Patrick Mahomes on the sideline with long drives. They can they continue to convert the third and long plays, and it was either to Rob Gronkowski or Julian Elderman. So you said, well, he doesn't have a Julian Elderman now. Well, he has a Chris Goblin, but more yeah. importantly, he has a Scotty Miller, right? And Scotty Miller, you can't underestimate, you know, his speed. Now he may not be as fast as Tyreek Hill because Tyreek Hill, I think, runs a four two nine. And Scotty Miller runs a 4-3-9. But that's still speed on the field. And you mentioned the Tom Brady interceptions against the Green Bay Packers. In that game of the three interceptions, one of those interceptions were on Tom. The other two were on uh, Mike Evans because Mike didn't haul in the ball. So when we look at that game, I know most people say, well, Tom threw three interceptions. He's not looking the same. No. If Mike Evans comes down with the ball, the, end, the final score is not even the same as though it ended up being. So it's going to be big for those guys to come down with the ball, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And if, if Antonio Brown plays in this game, that's another added weapon. And you talked about Tom getting the ball out of his hands quickly. That is going to be the recipe for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Put, it the, ball, put the ball in the hands of your wide receivers and let them give you yak yards after the catch. All right. Claire the Bear 85, who's a gigantic Bears fan, says both teams can come back from being 14 points down. This game is going to be epic. I think it's going to be a shootout. I really, really do think it's going to be a shootout. Nick, I tell you what, you know, when I look at these DBs and 
you know, and you go over to Kansas City and Shaverius Ward, Rashad Breland, that rookie Legereus Sneed out of Louisiana Tech, they they are not afraid. I mean, they will get right up in there and they love to play press. And I mean, love to play, play press. And, you know, last time these they two times they played, you know, Tom, I mean, you got a, you got a little teeny tiny window now when they're playing press to get it in there. And if you're going to try and drive it in there. Right. And I love the way that they play, the aggressiveness that they play, how they, you know, they, they do a great job at the line of scrimmage with their hands and their feet. They really, really, I think, make it tough, particularly with, there are no easy throws. There's no, just, there's no gimmies in the game. And I think that's going to be interesting. The other thing that shocked me about the game as I broke it down, Todd Bowles didn't blitz him last time. Didn't hardly blitz him at all. He, he laid back, and they were given free access. To, everybody talks about the great game that Tyree Kill had. And, I, you know, again, he's a great player. There's no question about it. But, Nick, he took that 429 speed, and he just ran up the field. I mean, there, he would free access, free access to the second level the whole time. I can't see that happening again. No, I don't see that happening again. But when you look at Kansas City's offense – Right, and you really break it down. They they give you somewhat of an idea of what they're running before the play actually takes place. Th their favorite formation is they like to kind of split out Travis Kelsey maybe two yards from the tackle, put three wide receivers to the field, right? And either Sammy Watkins, McCole Hardman, or maybe Tyreek Hill is sitting at that number three spot. So if I'm sitting in that Bucks secondary, I'm looking at the formation of saying, well, okay, well, here's what I know. Travis Kelsey, he's not going to run passes. The only guy that's a threat is Tyreek Hill. So depending on where he lines up, you have to be prepared visually to defend the entire play because if he's at that number three or the number two spot, he's running at either deep over or he's running a clear out so they can run all their shallow stuff. Once they get inside the red zone, it is all Travis Kelsey, shovel pass, tight end screen pass, anything to get him off the ball. The last time they played, they ran a trick play inside the red zone. To your right-hand side, it was Tyreek Hill with a, with a cut split. So you're already thinking right now, okay, be, pre be prepared for the reverse. So they go on the reverse. You know, Mahomes flips it to him. He flips it to Kelsey, and Kelsey tries to throw it to Patrick <laughs> Mahomes, right? So the play he, was defended. He hit perfectly. Carlton Davis in the chest with it, I think. Right, he did. And the play was defended perfectly, but here's what I'm thinking if I'm a defender. Be alert for the trick plays. And if Patrick Mahomes find you find him walking or jogging out, I'm going to come downhill and I'm going to hit him right away, right? To de definitely take him out of the play to discourage them from running those types of trick plays. But when you look at the offense, once again, look at a pre-snap, gather information. They love to use that jet sweep motion to get the linebackers to move so they identify man and zone. And now Travis Kelsey knows exactly where to sit down. So you know, it's, it's shocking to me, Nick, as I, and I know you and I talk about this all the time when we're just chopping it up together. It's, it's amazing to me. I, I swear guys, guys just don't watch film because yeah, they don't. It's, it's crazy. Hey, we got one from Colin from Cork uh, from Ireland. He says, how about Brendan Daly, the Chiefs D line coach in his fifth consecutive Super Bowl and his sixth in seven years? Everybody wants to talk about all of, all the, Super Bowl's Tom Brady's played in this guy. I, I put this guy on my staff just to get it to the Super Bowl. That guy's like, he's a lock. <laughs> well, here's the thing, crazy thing about that. Once again, when we look at the hiring cycle in the NFL, it hasn't been that great for minority coaches. And here we're talking about a guy who, as a D-line coach, he's been to multiple Super Bowls. So at what point 
does he get kind of an elevation above and play and pay rather to where he becomes somewhat of a defensive coordinator. So th there's a lot of coaching issues on both sides where I hope that a lot of minority coaches get some opportunities in the next hiring cycle based on this Super Bowl. I think, I think one thing that, that is, and, and again, we've been through this a billion times about the, how abysmal the NFL's, it's not the NFL, it's the owners. Let's face right. it, the, yeah, yeah, the NFL is, is incentivized teams. I mean, uh, the, Ra the Ravens get two third-round draft choices, one this year and one next year, because they, they had a coach go yeah. as a minority coordinator, go to be a head coach at, at, with the Texans, Coach Cully. So right. they've been I don't know what more they can do. The owners have got to got to pull the trigger. But where I do see it getting better, where I do see progress, is front office. There were more black GMs hired this year. There are more black assistant GMs, more black personnel players guys hired, and more coordinators. And that should be the stepping stone to those head coaching jobs as we go forward. But again, until the owners pull the trigger, you know, I just I, I don't know what the heck you can do. Well, I'm all about everyone getting an opportunity and not just hiring someone just because of their skin color, because you walk in that door and you're trying to really talk to that staff. They're sitting there looking at you like, well, we know the only reason you got this job is because of your skin color, not your credentials. But there are so many individuals out there who are qualified. And, and here in Denver, they talked about, you know, diversity. There were two guys, Fontenot, who was uh, ended up being hired as a GM for the Falcons and Champ Kelly, who I know who's assistant uh, GM for Chicago, he was in the running and the Broncos were saying, just like a lot of teams, a lot of corporations are saying it's about diversity, diversity and inclusion. So I said, well, let's break down that diversity title, you know, even further. Where are the women in this whole issue here? We get Sarah Thomas, who's going to officiate the Super Bowl. She's a great person, had a chance to meet her, but when are we going to start hiring more women in these scouting roles? Because Major League Baseball, I mean, they have their first female GM. Are we going to ever say that in the NFL? I don't it's, know. I don't know. It's, it's already been done, but the problem is it was Amy Trask with the Raiders. And as soon as Mr. Davis was gone, Amy Trask is now, you know, again, and she's more than qualified to be there. I think, you know, the Bucks have – you know, two women on their staff, yeah. coach and, and the D-line coach, Coach Locust. So, again, we're making progress, but it's not fast enough for all of us. I know that, that's no. that's how we all feel. Hey, buddy, I appreciate you, man. Uh, Mike, can you jump in here with us? Hi. Sorry. I was uh, just listening to your conversation. <laughs> I completely agree with what you're saying there in, in, in Denver there, Nick, but I don't want to say it too much. So now, you, Nick, you, got, you got to know that, that, that uh, Mike is uh, – He's just, he's miserable. He's dying a million deaths. It's the, you know, he's a Broncos fan. His heart's been broken. Mm. Just like maybe worse than you. Maybe, maybe he might be more bitter than He might be more every day on, on Denver Radio. He has to every day. Oh, man. Hey, listen, man, I wanted to say thank you for coming on with us. I know it was short notice, and you're always, obviously, you're always, <laughs> you know what? Hey. You know what I used to call him? One of one of the nicknames I had for him. Uh, what? I, I don't, and I don't know if you could. I don't know if you'll understand this, Mike, when I say it, because it's a kind of a U.S. thing. But in 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 the United States, they have a they have an all news television station that runs twenty four hours, right? Yeah. And, and I used to Galen Hall said, uh, "Man, 
does that Ferguson ever shut up? I said, hey, we're we're on a road trip, and Nick da, 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 in the back, and, and Galen says, "Does that Ferguson ever shut up?" Which is what he was saying was, "Jeff, go tell Nick to quiet down." And I said, "And I said, no, Coach, he's like CNN. He talks twenty four seven." So I nicknamed him CNN. Now, Mike, Mike, I'll give you uh, a real quick nickname before we get out of here. Now, is one, uh, there was two that kind of stuck. One, uh, when I was NFL Europe, they gave me, uh, Cedric Donaldson actually gave me this nickname. Sid. And it was uh, Crash Test Dummy. Yeah. Right? And uh, the other one that I got early playing here in the States was uh, Trainwreck. So if you combine those two, you really understand a lot about me, my mentality, and the way that I play. Actually, I think if you go to Trainwreck25, that's still your Twitter handle, isn't it? Uh, or your, no, or your, or your no. uh, email account that that's that's email, but it's now Nick Ferguson underscore 25. Oh, oh okay, all right, now nah, <laughs> the Nick Ferguson show. Hey, big time, it's great to have you with us. Enjoy the game tomorrow. Hey, tell Bam Bam he's got a full scholarship. Well, I'll definitely tell him anytime you guys uh, need me to hop on, just let me know. All right, man, thank you very much. Appreciate, thank you, appreciate you. Thank you. All right, Michael, another great show. We've got great audience participation tonight. I can't hardly speak here. Okay. It was all man, it was honestly, it was awesome. Like over a thousand people watched this. Uh, loads of comments. Just um, again, it shows you just what the uh, just what the fans are like here in the UK, Ireland, Europe. Tell me this, still, Jeff. Is there anything happening tomorrow night? I mean, are, are you busy tomorrow night at all, or are you? Quite- I, I'm. I think I might be talking to you a little bit, aren't I? Are we talking? Uh, what's what? First of all. What is going on with your day tomorrow, Mike? <laughs> well, um, over at the Irish NFL, I'm, I'm, I'm just exhausted. Over at the Irish NFL show, we're live at 9 a.m. with um, with a number of guests. We have, I'll not, not lie, we have a lot of Irish guests. We have a couple of few guests from the IAFA, the Irish American Football Federation. Never spoke to them before. Very excited to talk about them because there's a lot of teams here, both north and south in Ireland. And, um, and then finally, your guy is coming on. At ten fifteen, Richard Graves is coming on. Last, yeah. I haven't announced this yet, but Richard. To be fair, Richard, bit one of the busiest days of the year. Richard's coming on to round off our breakfast show tomorrow morning, and then we're live for four hours and forty five minutes at four pm. Uh, Scott Hansen, Jeff Reinbold, Mike Singletary. Uh, if you're from Ireland, guys like Dean Rock, seven time All Ireland winner, Tommy Bo. It's gonna, it's gonna be nuts. So, um, yeah. It's going to be mad. When are we back doing this? Monday, Tuesday? Well, we will be back Tuesday. It will be the last one I do before I head home to Hawaii. So, again, we'll, we'll uh, do a little post-mortem on the Super Bowl and, and uh, talk a little bit more before, we, before I head back to the islands. And we'll be doing this live, I think, from the islands and two islands. One island, one island called Ireland and another one called Hawaii. Well, if, so, you, if, you, if, if you need me to fly out to obviously shoot the line, <laughs> let me know. <laughs> you, are, you, you are always welcome, my brother. You know that. Hey, it's been a great show. Thank you very much. Enjoy the Super Bowl tomorrow. And you'll, I, know you, I know this. You'll enjoy it more with Hickory's. And also, get into what they're doing on the Irish NFL pod, podcast. They have a great show lined up. Mike Singletary, the Hall of Fame linebacker from the Bears, will be there. 35th anniversary of one of the most lopsided Super Bowls in NFL history. And I know he's got a lot of stories for, for you guys. 
and uh, Scott Hansen from NFL Red Zone. Got a great, great, great show. So make sure you get over there and see those nice, guys. Man. Appreciate it. Uh, Hopefully, uh, Jeff, uh, I, I, I just want to say one thing. Something tells me, Jeff, tomorrow's going to be very defensive. And that's all I'm going to say. Oh, okay. All right, let's go. We'll see you tomorrow. Everybody, thank you for watching.